This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals wrap up a road trip tonight on Long Island. When will Jacob Brana get back in the lineup? And a most memorable day in Caps history 17 years ago today. Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, April 6th. Welcome to Caps this morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. Ben, it's a Caps and the Islanders tonight, the second of four between the two teams at Nassau Coliseum this month after two wins at New Jersey, 19 wins in the last 25 for the Capitals and looking to give maybe a little bit of payback to those Islanders after what happened last Thursday. And looking to end this road trip on a positive note, the way it started, the back-to-back losses to the Rangers and Islanders didn't look good. Capitals starting to right the ship, get back on track with the weekend sweep over the Devils. So certainly an opportunity here. Three and two, a whole lot different than coming back with a losing record, coming back home. So an opportunity here to uh, not only get a winning record on the road trip, but again, to create a little bit more separation atop the Mass Mutual East Division. There was a time early on this season, going back to late January and even into February, where the Capitals were among the worst teams in the NHL in terms of goals against. In the last 25 games, entering play tonight, the Capitals have shaved an entire goal per game off where they were back in February, going from a 3.77 per all the way down to 2.64, and that in just a 25-game span. That does include last Thursday's game, which was a big old eight spot that went up at the game at Nassau Coliseum. What has to be better tonight, Ben, that was not better last week? They gave up eight goals, and that's certainly a rarity in and of itself. But uh, what do we need to see better defensively tonight? And the whole game was so uncharacteristic for the Capitals last week against the Islanders. Hard to remember all eight goals, but certainly what comes to mind when you think about that game, it was unforced errors, John. It was a whole lot of turnovers at both blue lines, the offensive zone blue line that the Islanders took the other way in transition, and just carelessness with the puck, puck management issues even inside their own blue line for the Capitals. The manner in which they left the goalies out to dry, both Vanacek and uh, Samsonov, who they both saw time in that game last Thursday, but the, the puck management, the turnovers, it, it was so glaring. The unforced errors the Capitals committed last week, it, very uncharacteristic. I would imagine that that's going to be priority number one against the Islanders. Don't beat yourselves. And at the same time, we've touched on it over the past few days, the goaltending. It was an odd game. Samsonov left in the first minute. He ultimately came back late in the first period. The whole game had a little bit of an odd feel, but the goaltending wasn't very good either. The opportunities to bail out the team in front of them that weren't playing well, it wasn't there. So between the goaltending, the turnovers, the puck management, a lot of boxes need to be corrected compared to last week. We saw it cleaned up a little bit over the weekend, and hopefully for the Capitals' sake, that carries over now. Two straight games as a healthy scratch. Jacob Braun has been watching from the press box and back-to-back wins with him out. So while it's not impossible to make a lineup change after a win, coaches do it all the time, but it is harder when things are going perhaps a little better. And when you're looking at a guy like Richard Ponick or a guy like Daniel Sprong, who might be the two most likely guys to leave, if Jake was to get back in the lineup, I guess, Benny, I have a series of questions. Is this the night he gets back in against the Islanders? Has the message been sent? And by the way, what is that message? I think the message has to be sent at this point, uh, having sat out a couple of games here for Verona, but 
I don't know that this is necessarily the game he returns. You don't want the volume of games to get too high as far as how long he stays off the ice as far as game competition. But a matchup like this, when you look at the opponent, right, in terms of the New York Islanders, I'm not sure that this is necessarily the game just based on, again, I, I spoke a moment ago about the need to tighten things up and be sound defensively and all those little things that go into beating a team like the New York Islanders. Those are the areas that Peter Laviolette has suggested haven't been there for Jacob Verana's game. This game against the Islanders, yes, they combined for 12 goals last Thursday, but this isn't going to be a game where you're trading chances with the Islanders. This will be much more conservatively played tonight. And for that reason, I'm not sure that this is necessarily the game you put Verana back in. Maybe it is just because you don't want him out too long, but I wouldn't be surprised if he sits out now a third straight just based on the opponent. And as far as the message, John, for Verana... It's really interesting. You hear Peter Laviolette talk about it, and he acknowledges, yeah, he could find the back of the net, but then Laviolette goes on to list a lot of areas. It's not just one or two things. It's a lot of details. It's a lot of the little things that you know go into having success on deep postseason runs as far as defensive play, play away from the puck, and board battles, and compete level, and all those little things that haven't necessarily been there for Verona this year. I think it's a long list, and hopefully the message gets through to him when he does return, potentially, as soon as tonight, but I say more likely later in the week when they have back-to-backs with Boston and Buffalo. Switching gears and talking about the Islanders now. Home ice advantage, such a big part of their success this season. They average almost four goals a game at home. They almost never lose there, and they've been getting great goaltending. Ilya Sorokin, who we haven't even seen yet, he's 9-1 in his last 10 Varlamov has gotten all the starts. This is very interesting as far as how the Islanders do in their home road splits, but they're at home tonight. They're at home for two more against the Capitals later on this month. And boy, you better get that first goal because if they get it, you're in trouble. And I'm glad you bring up the fact, John, that they have averaged as many goals as they have, especially on home ice where they do ridiculously well, but an underrated trade, I guess you could say, of the Islanders. They could score. They, they have talent. There, there's a narrative, and appropriately so, because of how stingy they could be defensively, that that's all they are, the New York Islanders. And we're not going to confuse them for the Edmonton Oilers of the 1980s anytime soon, but they've got skill there. And even without Anders Lee for the rest of the season, they could find the back of the net. That team capital certainly saw it. They had their hands full with their top line and Matt Barzell last Thursday night. And then you do flip it to the defensive side of the game. And we saw it for years with Barry Trotz and his staff in Washington, the way that he can get a team to clamp down, protect leads, whether it's an early lead, a one nothing lead, as you pointed out, or the leads heading into the third period, very tough to, to chase a game against a team like the Islanders. So certainly uh, it would be best served for the capitals to to get that strong start here in the road trip finale islanders just one regulation loss all season when they go up one to nothing something to keep in mind as the caps and islanders doing it here at the end of what for washington is a five-game road trip benny there was a little chippiness in the game last thursday along with all of the other things that went on zidano chara fighting matt martin barry trott spoke to this a little bit what might we expect on that front tonight Well, we were wondering last Thursday what the genesis was of that fight at the end of the game, end of regulation. The game had ended, and Zdeno Chara and Matt Martin dropped the gloves. A couple of heavyweights there, no question. Wasn't even the first time they had fought in their NHL careers. But we were wondering what led to it, and Barry Trotz on the Islanders' side at least providing their side of things. Well, obviously, it was was unnecessary. The whole thing, to me, was very unnecessary. 26th for them. Uh, chased around Pajot the whole shift. 
cross-checked them about eight times. It's an 8-4 game with, you know, 30-some seconds to go, and he's cross-checking them. Uh, it was really unnecessary. And, then, you know, Matt was on the ice and said, hey, you know, quit it. And then Char came on and they fought, and it's not the first time they fought, but it was it was unnecessary. I, I just uh, – it all started with their centermen uh, all over uh, Pajot there. All right, so there you have it. Uh, number 26 on Washington. We all know that to be podcast superstar Nick Dowd, who has had a terrific regular season. And along with Garnet Hathaway on that fourth line and Haglin as well, they've shown a knack for being a handful and sometimes could get under the opposition skin. And in this instance, yes, it was the final stages of a blowout and maybe tempers uh, were starting to escalate there. But, you know, if you're Nick Dowd, do you keep your head on a swivel coming up tonight? There's some heavyweights on the New York Islanders side of things too. I would think that as long as this is still a game tonight uh, on the Island, too much is at stake for things to really get out of hand, but certainly something that bears watching, if not just tonight, certainly between now and the end of the month, as the Caps and Islanders continue this regular season series, nothing like a little bad blood developing between two teams as they compete for top spot in a division especially when you might see each other in the postseason yes. as well. That tends to spice things up a little bit. Let's talk a little special teams here. Amazingly, the Islanders didn't get a power play goal last Thursday. They just had eight at even strength. While the Capitals have lit the Isles ablaze on the man advantage this year, going six for 10. And it sounds, Ben, like Trotz's plan a little easier perhaps than it sounds. Take Alex Ovechkin out of the equation. Good luck with that, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Taking Alex Ovechkin out of the equation, shadowing him, making it a four-on-three man advantage, so to say. Barry Trotz saw that for years here in Washington, how that could backfire for the team on the penalty kill, and Trotz acknowledging as well, if the Islanders should choose to entertain that, uh, Alex Ovechkin, maybe he's just fine sitting out and and watching and observing as it develops into a four-on-three. They've got so many options. The great thing about Ovi, and people don't understand this, is Ovi loves to score. But when you take him away and you're not going to let him score, he doesn't get frustrated. He gets a big smile on his face going, okay, you've got a lot of respect for what I do, so I'm going to let everybody else have an opportunity to score, and we're going to get some great looks, and I'm going to sacrifice myself. So he goes to an area where you have to commit to and it opens up other people, and they can execute at a high rate of, you know, a power play. And and he's very unselfish that way. You know, some players would get frustrated because they're getting taken away. He doesn't. He he gets enjoyment if they have success on the power play. There you go. Some good perspective there from Barry Trotz. And, John, I know now it's been a few years, and Barry Trotz now on the other side and behind the bench of a team you're competing with right now. But I'll tell you what, listening to his press conferences, his Zoom calls – He has every opportunity to say, we're not worried about the other team. We're just going to talk about ourselves. We're worried about our game. And he almost goes out of his way, John, to throw verbal bouquets to continue complimenting Alex Ovechkin, the Washington Capitals. He goes on long, expansive answers about how effective they could be. But, um, you know, for an opposing coach, a few years already removed from Washington, he could very easily brush that aside, and, and he doesn't. So I'll, I'll acknowledge, I'll say thank you, Barry Trotz, makes our job in the media easier and uh, all class right there. Yeah, no question. Remember, you're doing that about Vitek Vanacek earlier this year, too, almost unprompted, which was very nice as well. All right, so a little history lesson here. 17 years ago today, the world changed for the Washington Capitals with a simple phone call to George McPhee. And our lives, Ben, and for those who follow this franchise, would never be the same. 
That's funny. These days, the NHL draft lottery, it's a made-for-TV event. They stretch it into, what, a 30, even a 60-minute TV event on Hockey Night in Canada and here on NBC Sports Network. But back in the day, all the way back in 2004, the NHL draft lottery was held in a private office, and the results were then distributed to teams around the league via phone call in the Capitals after a miserable 2004 season. They were in the mix. They weren't the favorites to win the lottery that spring. They had the third best odds behind Pittsburgh and Chicago. But lo and behold, 14% chance to win the lottery. And that day, that afternoon, a phone call to George McPhee, as he recently recalled in a conversation I had with him. I was at the practice facility at Piney Orchard and Colin Campbell called and didn't tell me right away, but I had a feeling that he was calling me for a reason. And he, so he called just to, and we were talking socially for five or six minutes. And then he said, oh, by the way, you won the lottery. So that that was a inter- really interesting moment uh, because we knew at that point the top two guys in that draft were elite players. You know, on our list we had Obetzkin and Malkin there, and I called Ross Mahoney right after the call from Coley to to tell him that we won the lottery, and I said, "What's your initial impression?" He said, "It's got to be Obetzkin," and so we discussed about it. You know, we you know we discussed it more, and then obviously in a lot of detail the next coming three or four weeks because Malkin's a hell of a player and we just thought that the combination of uh, of goals and physical play and enthusiasm that Ovechkin brings that he had to be the guy all right so there you go John it was Alex Ovechkin or Evgeny Malkin ultimately the decision they gave it some thought but ultimately as McPhee acknowledged they knew who they were taking all along this hotshot kid out of Russia who had all the expectations and all the uh, everyone looking forward to seeing what he could do as a pro. They ultimately select him a couple of months later. And a story that you could say began on this date 17 years ago when McPhee got that surprise phone call from Colin Campbell telling him the Capitals had, in fact, won the draft lottery. Incredible. And uh, 2018 starting on this day 17 years ago with the draft lottery and the greatest hockey player in this town that we will probably ever see, Alex Ovechkin in his pursuit up the goal-scoring ranks. All right, so the out-of-town scoreboard, there was only one game last night in the Mass Mutual East. The Flyers, they needed overtime last night, but they downed the Bruins at TD Garden 3-2 to the final. Sean Couturier scored a power play goal in the third period. That set the stage for extra hockey, and Travis Sanheim scoring the OT winner at the 3.08 mark. Philadelphia now pulls within three points of the Bruins for fourth in the East. Three-point game, not exactly what the Rangers wanted, Ben. They lose ground to both teams last night. Oh, it's a worst-case scenario for the New York uh, Rangers, just as you had said on the show yesterday morning. It was the last thing they wanted, and that's how it played out in Boston. Tonight in the Mass Mutual East, very busy night. Everyone is in the pool for this one. The Sabres visit New Jersey tonight because the schedule says... Must well, watch. They have to. Sabres, eight wins on the year. The Devils now just four of 19 home games they have won this year. Seven o'clock puck drop in North Jersey. There's a pretty big game in New York tonight. The Rangers, especially after what happened last night, they need points. They're at home facing the Penguins at MSG and Boston Philly part two tonight at Wells Fargo center. The Flyers, I guess, Ben have at least avoided disaster. If they lose that game, boy, they're really up against it. Six back. Uh, Now they've cut it to three, a win tonight in regulation. They can cut it to one. And to that point, by the way, with Boston and Philly playing again, all the more reason, all the more pressure on the Rangers to take care of business against Pittsburgh because best case scenario for the Rangers is they're keeping pace with one of those teams in Boston and Philadelphia. They're just trying to avoid losing ground tonight.
Standings on this Tuesday morning as the Caps and Islanders get ready to go tonight. The Capitals in first place, 54 points. New York Islanders two back at 52. The Penguins now four back at 50. All three teams have 18 games to go in the regular season. The team that's got all the games in hand is the fourth place team, Boston. 44 points, six behind the Penguins, but three games in hand on all three teams at the top. And in fifth place, Philadelphia with 41 points. They've got to battle that games in hand thing as well. Rangers at 39 and the Devils at 32. Caps Islanders tonight coming up at seven. Game day starts at four. Ben, what do you got cooking for Caps game day today? Going to be chatting with Tarek El-Bashir. We'll reference, we'll look back at that date 17 years ago. Also look ahead to the big matchup against the New York Islanders and what to do just under a week now away from that April 12th trade deadline. All coming up today at 4 o'clock. You can hear it on Caps Radio 24-7. Ben, have a great Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com. Or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.